Good morning. Hey, let's give them another grand applause, can we? And I want to say happy Father's Day to all you fathers and you guys who may not have any children, but you have the heart of a father and you nurture and you nudge people forward. So I want to say happy Father's Day to you there. Um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, before we go any further, though, uh, I, I want to put a little plug in for our, our kids in Cora. Uh, you know, it's a tremendous um, ministry, and this is not something somebody else did or we're, you know, piggybacking on, you know, we started this, you know, Faith Living Church. We're solely responsible for those kids over in Ethiopia. And uh, we, we actually have enough sponsors for a little over half of those. The rest of those kids, their daily needs comes out of our general account, you know, and we are, we're maxed out on what we can do on a regular basis. We actually could take care of a thousand kids, but our, our resources are limited. As time progresses and more of the children are sponsored, well, then we can take more kids on and all. And I just want to encourage you. I mean, here's a couple right here they had given me uh, last night. This is Elisa. Uh, she's seven years old. She uh, loves uh, school, loves uh, playing uh, volleyball. She loves listening to the Bible stories in the church. And this whole ministry we've determined would be birthed out of a church. This church did not exist before Faith Living Church partnered with these folks and started it, you know. And uh, here, here's a, a young fellow here, Mikias. He's 11 years old. He loves playing soccer. Favorite subject is English, and he loves the songs, you know, that he's learning in, in, in church uh, there. So we have a lot of boys and a lot of girls, um, and, and these right here, particular ones, are available to sponsor. Uh, and there are so many others that we are unable to help at the moment, although there's another church that's become uh, a faith-living church. I think we have about three faith-living churches over there now, and it's just because of you guys' generosity of making a difference for these kids. And you know what happens to these kids? They actually grow up. They become adults. And... Uh, you know, their eternal destiny has been determined by folks over here in the United States who care enough to, to sponsor them and, and establish a church over there, and their staff takes care of them and all. Anyhow, just want you to be praying for those. <clears throat> a lady came up to me last night after the service, and she said, you know what, Pastor? She said, you know, uh, things are, are kind of hard for me right now. She says, but if you was to announce that maybe people could partner together, that I could do half of a, a child, and somebody else could do another half, and we could do it together and sponsor a child. And that's actually what uh, our, our daughter, a miracle, did originally. Her and uh, Susan Murphy, they kind of worked together, a tag team, and they split a child. Not split the child, but you understand what I'm saying. And they sponsored a child for the first year by doing that together. Okay, if we could, before we uh, launch out into our lesson, I'd like all the dads to stand up. Can we get you dads to stand up? You're a little nervous, I know. That's all right, uh, you know. And let's give them a grand applause. Can we do so? <laughs> now you stay standing, stay standing, and all you get dads who are watching online and wherever you might be, but we're going to ask God's blessings upon you. Father, I thank you for these dads, and we ask that you would encourage them, 
that you would continually give them wisdom as they're making a difference with their lives. Father, we ask that you would remove from all dads, myself included, those uh, gnawing feelings where we would think, well, I could have did something better, I could have did more, or I may have fall, uh, fallen in, in some area. But we ask that you'd remove all that and that you would give us courage to move forward and to make a difference in the lives of our own children, but in the lives of all the kids that you bring into our sphere of influence. Thank you for these men. Bless them, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Um, how many of you here have ever used duct tape? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. That's just about all of us, right? Oh, let's see. Wait, I forgot. Oh. No. There's something smelling my butt. I had to get dressed for myself this morning. Everybody was going there and there and. You know, as a as a pastor, sometimes you have to wear holy socks, you know. <laughs> Did you know that there are at least a half a dozen books that are out on uh, uses of duct tape? And, and this was actually in one of those books. You know, if you got holes in your socks, you can just patch them, you know. I get another at least probably a year out of that one, you know. They use this on the Appalachian Trail more often, you know, when you got to fix things like that. Ah, that's better. So duct tape <coughs> really is a pretty amazing <coughs> product, you know. And you go, well, you don't have holes in your socks. Maybe you've got a kitty cat and you got kitty litter spilled all over the place. You can take duct tape, wrap it backwards around your hand where it's sticky, you know, pick up kitty litter, and if you want to do something really fun, you can actually pick up the kitty with it as well. <laughs> you know. So duct tape is really amazing because it holds things together. And you can fix almost anything with duct tape. Our vacation Bible adventure that we do every year, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for duct tape. We just go through rolls and rolls and rolls of duct tape to, to do all the crazy things we do here and all. So duct tape is really amazing because it holds things together. Dads are really amazing because dads hold things together. Don't ever uh, underestimate the value of a dad, you know. Dads, they really do help the family to stick together. Pretty amazing stuff. Some of the hard parts is just to get it started in the beginning because it's so nice and sticky there. But you know, it, it, it really is sticky, and there's something that's really important about a family sticking together. So we really want to honor dads today, and there's a lot of guys, you know. Uh, who are not dads yet, but one day will be dads. And we want to honor those who have that heart to nurture and to hold things together and to, you know, help those families to stick together. You know, uh, this article I came across 
when dad called home from the road one evening, he spoke briefly to his nine-year-old daughter. Honey, could you get your mommy on the phone? He then heard Tasha blurt out as she set the receiver down on the counter. Hey, Mom, the invisible man is on the phone. In that moment, even before his wife got on the phone, Dad went through a transformation. He couldn't laugh it off. He had to face the fact that there's something more important than achieving success at work. It's being a dad. And before his wife picked up the phone, this guy genuinely changed. He made a decision to put his family first and to become the dad that God created him to be. See, being invisible is not amazing if you're a dad. That's, that's not amazing. But being there for your kids, that's the amazing part. Sticking with the family and, and helping hold your family together. You know, in nature, single-parent families are the overwhelming rule in, in nature. You know, from building the nest, gathering food, giving birth, and protecting their young, females often do it all. And, and, and we bless them for that. But male involvement rarely extends beyond the moment of conception in nature. That's what we're talking about. But there are some notable dads in nature who do provide some uh, parental care. Uh, male parenting is virtually unknown in the insect world. But one striking exception is the giant water bug. The male becomes a virtual beast of burden uh, beginning with the mating process when the female latches on to him until she is ready to lay her eggs and as many as 150 eggs are cemented to his back. The male will carry this load for the next month, aerating them, you know, by performing elaborate deep knee bends and warding off parasites by sunning himself at the water's edge. After three weeks, the eggs will have tripled in their size and the male will stop eating altogether so as to avoid accidentally eating his new offspring. It's pretty amazing, this giant water bug, you know, the things we see. There, there's another one in, in nature, the stickleback. They're a carnivorous river fish, and the job of protecting the fertilized eggs goes to the dad, using secretions from its kidneys to glue together odd bits of vegetation the male builds a very sturdy nest. After the female lays her eggs, the male fertilizes and flattens them into a sheet against the bottom of the nest. And it, stick, it really sticks there so that a, uh, another layer of eggs may be laid on top. Up to seven layers of fertilized eggs may be collected by the male over a period of two days. Next, he aerates the eggs by fanning water through the nest. He inspects his clutch constantly and will pick out and eat any eggs that die or become moldy. Once the young stickleback fish hatch, the male protects them for up to a week by gathering the wayward fry that are swimming off. He gathers them in his mouth and he spits them back into the nest. Yeah. It's pretty amazing when you think about uh, you know, what this fish does out there in nature. The uh, hippocampus, also known as the seahorse, he, he gives birth to the young ones. You know, it's not the female. It's, 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 
pretty amazing. Parental care in amphibians is extremely rare. One exception is found in a family of neotropical frogs. The male Panamanian poison arrow frog is responsible, the male is, for sitting on the eggs and keeping them hydrated with moisture from his skin so they don't dry out. He also bears the job once they hatch of carrying the, the, the new tadpoles to the water on his back. Pretty amazing that these, you know, creatures do this. Deer mice. The, the dads and the deer mice, you know, uh, pitch in by guarding the young when the female goes off to feed. Males have been observed hovering over the young, surrounding them with nesting materials, and even washing them. Studies of rodent species have shown that pups reared in the company of both parents survive better and grow faster than those reared only by the mother. Hmm, pretty amazing. The male emperor penguin is entirely responsible for incubating his mate's precious egg over the long Arctic winter, where it wouldn't take me just a, a couple of moments to freeze that egg. He does this inland. You know, they, they walk for days inland to their nest area. And while the female, you know, returns to the sea to feed, his success depends entirely on his fat stores. If a male gets too thin, he'll abandon the egg and try to get back to the ocean. Big fat males are consequently creatures of great worth. You know, some things are really inspiring, you know. Uh, and females have been observed fighting over the ones who have the most fat. Once the eggs hatch, the male produces milk from glands in his esophagus to feed the chicks. That's pretty amazing, you know. The male red fox is a devoted mate and father. Not only does he supply his mate with fresh food every four to six hours while she nurses her pups, but he is equally dedicated to teaching his offspring survival skills. Males will bury food near the den to train the pups how to sniff and to forage and will play ambush games with them to teach self-defense. See, the animal kingdom has some pretty amazing dads. It really does. Well, let's go to the Bible now. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, it says, When they, and this is talking about Jesus and the disciples, it says, When they arrive at the foot of the mountain, a huge crowd was waiting for them. A man, and this man was a dad, it says, A man came and knelt before Jesus, and he said, Lord, have mercy, have compassion, show your kindness, please. Lord, have mercy on my son because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. Now, you know, have you ever heard, you know, or seen on a T-shirt where it talks about real men, you know? And I looked up that word, and uh, if you look up that word authentic, authentic man, you know, faithful men, dependable men, that's what it's referring to. But this is absolutely true that real men are not afraid to show affection. Some guys think you got to be tough, you know, to be a man. You can't show any affection. It's a sign of weakness. And, and that along with, you know, men don't cry and all. I'm going to tell you who originally said that. We imagine him with horns and he's red and he's got a long pointy tail and a pitchfork, you know. That's not really what he looks like, but that's the way we visualize him sometimes. 
that concept that, that men are tough and they don't cry and they don't show affection, that's a lie from the pits of hell. It really is. Because real men aren't afraid to show affection or to release their feelings or to hug their children or to cry when they're sad or to admit it when they're wrong. Real men, you know, are not afraid to ask for help when they need it. Real men, authentic, you know, faithful, dependable men. So listen to what it says here in verse 15 again. Matthew 17, 15, it says, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's asking for help because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. But dad, uh, dad didn't give up. You know, he, he stuck. He stuck by his son. Dad did not give up. Um, although the disciples really couldn't do anything, he stuck to his plan, and his plan was to find help for his son. And it says here in verse 18, it says, And then Jesus, he rebuked the demon that was causing this. He said he rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him from that moment the boy was well because of a dad stuck by his son. A dad humbled himself when he asked for help. He wasn't afraid to ask for help when he knew that he really needed it. Um, I don't know, have you ever seen the uh, movie? It came out quite a few years ago. It's, it's a worthwhile movie to watch. It was called Iron Will. Anybody see that movie? And as the movie starts off, um, you know, they live in a very frozen area of snow. They travel along with, uh, you know, sled dogs and sleds and all this kinds of stuff. But the way the movie starts off is the father and the son they went and chopped a bunch of wood. They put it on the sled. The dogs were pulling it back to their home and off, but they got too close to the river. It slipped over in. The ice on the river broke and the weight of the wood knob on the sled pulled the sled under and the current got hold of it. The dad's on it, and, uh, but it's pulling the dogs into the river and it's pulling the son and the son's trying. He's fighting to pull that you know, sled and his, uh, his dad back out of the water, but you know, the dad's saying, turn loose of it, turn loose of it. And he's submerged, he goes under the, the water, and, and the son is being drugged into the, the river, and the dad comes up one final time, and he has his knife, and he cuts the, uh, the ropes that hold it all together, and the son falls back in the snow, and the dad disappears forever under the ice, you know, along with the, uh, the sled and all. And the thing is, I mean, it was really heart-touching, movie, and then the, the kid goes on to, you know, Entered the race that his dad and him were talking about, the sled dog race and, and all that kinds of stuff. But see, dads really do make great sacrifices. They really do. And lots of times we're unaware of the sacrifices that dads make, you know. Now, maybe, just maybe, your dad was not so amazing, you know. But maybe there were other fatherly figures that were in your life. It might have been a, a brother, it might have been an uncle, or it might have just been a neighbor who just was a compassionate kind of person who cared, you know, for you. And we just thank God and we honor those who've had that heart of a father. And men often make sacrifices and they'll not toot their horns about it, uh, you know, usually, but we honor the men who have that heart of a father. In the uh, book of Matthew, chapter 8, verse 5, it says, when Jesus arrived in Capernaum, a Roman officer, he came and he pleaded 
with him, with Jesus. Now, you got to understand something. Roman officers, you know, really don't beg for anything. You know, Roman officers, you know, are the ones who give the orders, and they're used to people following their orders. But here's a Roman officer, a man of great authority, and he, it says he, he came and he pleaded with Jesus. In verse 6, he says, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed, you know, un unable to move, and racked with pain. See, to this Roman officer, this young serpent was more than a serpent. It was like a son to him. He had that kind of a heart that we were talking about, the heart of a father, and he cared about his servant. Now, if lesser people would have just said, well, if he dies, I'll go buy another one. You know, but that was not this man. He went to Jesus. He bowed down and he pleaded with him. He said, Lord, verse 6, my youngest serpent lies in bed paralyzed and racked with pain in verse 7 it says jesus said i'll come and heal him and then the officer said lord i'm not worthy to have you come into my home just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed i know because i am under authority of my superior superior officers and i have authority over my soldiers and I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this or that, they do it, you know. Well, this Roman officer, he could not order sickness to go away, you know, but Jesus could. And he had heard about the things that Jesus had done, you know, and saw miraculous things take place. So this Roman officer, he stuck with Jesus, he stuck with Jesus, and when Jesus said he would come, he says, I understand authority. Just speak the word, and my servant will be made whole. Verse 10 goes on to say, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. I think it would be pretty good if you and I work hard to amaze Jesus ourselves. He says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd, he said, I'll tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all the land of Israel. This officer has great faith, and his faith was holding things together. His faith was what impacted this servant fellow. You know, it's kind of like 100 mile an hour duct tape. You ever heard of 100 mile an hour duct tape? Military makes it, and they, they use it to tape the fender back on, the Humvee with it, you know, fix your helmet, you know. You know, they use it to tape a wing back on an airplane and stuff, you know. Uh, but uh, we actually had some one time, and it's supposed to, uh, you can stick it on, it's going to hang on for over 100 miles an hour. It's really, really, really aggressive duct tape. Well, even more than that 100 mile an hour duct tape, the stickiness of it, the faith of this man caused him to stick with Jesus, you know, on behalf, humbled himself on behalf of his servant who was more like a son to him. And it says in verse 13, it says, Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go on home. What you have believed has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Really was. is amazing. So it says in Matthew now, chapter 9, verse 18, it says, As Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue, his name was Jairus, he came and knelt down before him. Now, you need to understand that 
a lot of the religious leaders during Jesus' day, they were stuck on themselves. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they thought that they was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you know what it means to be stuck on yourself? I mean, it's like, you know, well, just take a, a look at this stuff right here. Have you ever been using some duct tape and it got stuck on itself? You know, for the most part, for the most part, it becomes a mess when you're stuck on yourself. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's just a mess. And anyhow, here was a religious leader of Jesus' day who was not stuck on himself. He was investigating the uh, claims of Jesus. Where other religious leaders was against him because Jesus was pulling the people away from just rituals and rules and regulations, this guy was investigating the claims of Christ. And it says, as Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt down before him. I mean, this took great humility, you know, for him to kneel down before Christ. And, and you'll see this unroll in a moment, but where he was stuck on Jesus. He wasn't stuck on himself, you know. But, but what I'd like to do is uh, show you just a little quick uh, video clip. Um, and there's a movie that came out quite a few years ago as well. It's called Cinderella Man. And he was a boxer, and, uh, you know, he kind of thought he was washed up, but then he went back and he was boxing, and, and he made a lot of guys a lot of money boxing. He really did. I mean, he, he just, it was amazing what took place. He had a family. He cared about his family. But during a little tough time in his life, he was down working at the dock to try to provide for his family, and they didn't have enough hours. And his family got, as he said, farmed out. He had to, well, his wife actually did it, sent him to other places to be taken care of, and it broke his heart. Now, he was a tough guy. I mean, he was a boxer, you know, and uh, he was used to, uh, you know, when he was in his prime, making all these other guys money, <clears throat> and uh, pretty proud kind of a guy. But we'll see something in this little video clip where this man, he humbled himself, went before all these men who used to believe in him, you know, trying to seek some financial help because of his children. Didn't matter what he had to put up with, what he went through. Well, let's just watch the clip real quick. Thing is, I can't afford to. Uh, I can't afford to pay the heat. I 
I've had to farm out my kids. You know, if they keep cutting shifts down at the docks, and you just don't get picked every day. I sold everything I got that anybody would buy. I went on public assistance. I signed on at the relief office. They gave me $19. I need another $18.38 so I can pay the bill and get the kids back. You know me well enough to know if I had anywhere else to go, I wouldn't be here. If you could help me through this time, I sure would be grateful. Sure, Jim. Sure. Good luck. Jim. Hey, Jimmy. Sure, You know, uh, this fellow who they uh, nicknamed the Cinderella Man, you know, he was a real man. He did what he needed to do. He humbled himself and asked for help to get his kids back. It wasn't an easy thing to do, but you see his priorities. You see the heart. A real man. Well, this scripture here that we were reading in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 9, verse 18, it says, As Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue 
he came and he knelt down before him, Jesus. And he says, my daughter has just died. My daughter has just died, he said. This is a, the, uh, the leader of a synagogue. His name was Jairus. And he said, but, but you can bring her back to life again. He had heard and seen some of the miracles that Jesus had done. He says, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hands upon her. Here was a dad who, though a religious leader, a very prideful man, but he, he stuck with Jesus on behalf of his daughter. And he stuck with the faith that he had in Jesus on behalf of his daughter. He goes on to say in verse 25, when the crowd was finally outside, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. <laughs> and the report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. See, Dad, as, as we stick with Jesus and as we stick with his word and we stick with his ways and as we've been studying the last series, sticking with his thoughts and his ways, you know, we can uh, hold our family together and miracles actually can take place in our family when we stick to Christ, our own selves. You remember a fella by the name of Joseph who stuck by his pregnant wife, who there was a scandal brewing. She said she was a virgin. She said an angel talked to her and said she was going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit and give birth to the Savior of the world. And people would ridicule and they would mock her but Joseph, you know, he stuck by pregnant Mary because he stuck by God, and he stuck by God's word. And therefore, Mary gave birth to the Savior of the world. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it says, A man leaves his father and mother and is joined. You know, I think next time I do a wedding, I'm going to duct tape the two together, you know. It's a good idea, don't you think? Because that's what that word joined means, you know. It means to, uh, to cling to, to adhere to, to be stuck to. It says a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in one. Guys, God had every intention for us dads to stick to our family, to stick with our family. Mark chapter 10, verse 13, it says, One day, some parents... Now, we have always assumed this verse was just talking about moms. But it says parents, which includes dads as well. And it says, One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus. They didn't just send them. And I'm aware of a lot of people send their kids to church. And, and that's commendable, but they don't go themselves. But there is a better way. It says, one day some parents, they didn't sin, but they brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples told them not to bother him, you know. Now, there are some people who, you know, our, our message today is called duct tape and dads. But there are some folks who are more like masking tape. You know, masking tape appears to be pretty good kinds of stuff and they make it this color they make it in blue but masking tape uses used to tape around things when you're painting there's never any intention for it to stay very long 
once you get your painting done, well, then you just rip the, the tape off. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole different concept. And uh, like I say, you can figure that out yourself. There's uh, maybe some people in this world who it's not so much the duct tape that really has an adhesiveness and a stick to it, but maybe there are some folks who are more like masking tape, just there for a little while. But I want to encourage you, based upon what God's word, God, he intends us to adhere to our family and to be there for them, and I commend you. He says here in verse 14, it says, but when Jesus saw what was happening, you know, all the kids were coming, he saw the disciples turn away, but when Jesus saw what was happening, he was very displeased with his disciples, and he said to them, you let the children come to me. You know, guys, you in trouble, disciples. You know, you let the little children come to me and don't you stop them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And he says, I assure you, anyone who doesn't have their kind of faith will never get into the kingdom of God. And then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their head. He's just like hugging them and all, you know, and he blessed them. He blessed them. Jesus blessed the children because children are so valuable. Even when they get older, they're so valuable. And God blessed the men who have the heart, you know, of a father. And you father, the, whether they're your kids or not, but you, you show compassion and encouragement and, and all to them. And you, you, you stick by them and you stick by God. Now I know, and I know I'm one of these fathers I'm willing to die for my children. I am in a heartbeat. You don't have to sit there and think about it. You know, grizzly bear comes out of the woods after my kids. That grizzly bear is going to be either dead or full of me and not want to eat nobody else, you know, because I'm going to be the one that tackles them. That's just the way it is. So fathers, and many of you are the same way, you're willing to die for your kids. But see, what God is asking us to do is not die for them necessarily, but to live for them to live for them, to, to live a God-honoring life and set an example that it would be noble of them to follow. Not, not to live a questionable life that if they follow us, it's going to put them in a heap of trouble, you know. See, just stick to God and he'll help you, dads. And, and stick by your kids, you know. Stick to your family. That's what I'm challenging to do here. You know, fathers, see, we set a very awesome standard for our children. And because of our standard, by, by us being here to, this morning, we're setting a standard that our children will follow. And they'll see that God is important to dads, not just moms. And God, that they should stick by God as well. James Dobson once said, and you know James Dobson was one of the most national leaders on marriage and family in this nation. And James Dobson once said, he says, the father's most important responsibility is to communicate the real meaning of Christianity to his children. That's what one of the, the, the most well-known authorities on marriage and family said. A father's most important responsibility is to communicate the real meaning of Christianity to his children. And, and, and you know what? When you communicate that to your children, you know what makes it stick to them? Our actions. 
that we, we live, what we, we talk about. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, it says, But watch out, be very careful, never to forget what you have seen the Lord do. Don't forget what God's done for you, guys. But watch out, be very careful, never forget what you have seen the Lord do for you. Do not let these things escape from your mind. You know, duct tape it there, you know. I'll be careful with that, don't I? He says, do not let these things escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and your grandchildren. Pass on what God's done for you. Pass on the time God has answered your prayer. Pass on the, the time that God has just worked miraculously in your life. Tell your children and your grandchildren about it. You know, Duct tape it not only to your own mind so you don't forget it, but duct tape these things that God's done for you to your children and to your grandchildren, you know. Because you can make, you know, God's uh, ways stick to your children by your example. Deuteronomy shows us how in chapter 6, verse 5, it says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Dad, this is, this is for us. And then it says in verse 7, and repeat them again and again to your children, the commands of God, the things you've learned from God, God's ways, God's thoughts. Repeat them again and again to your children, you know, and they'll stick. They, they really will. You train up a child in the way it should go, and it sticks to them, their, their mind and their heart, and the Bible says they'll not depart from it as they get older. But he says in verse 7, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are away on a journey and when you are lying down and when you are getting up again. It says, talk about the things of God. Dads, this is good advice. It says, tie them to your hands as a reminder. Wear them on your forehead, you know. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. You know, like a little plaque you got there biblical things godly kinds of things you remember the in the bible the the prodigal son do you remember why the prodigal son came back to his father's house after he had lost everything and he was at risk of dying his own self because his dad loved him and and as you'll read the story the prodigal son the father every day was looking out his window looking down the road and that one day when his son was the dad saw him a long ways off and he ran to him, see. His, his dad stuck by him, although he had abandoned dad. Dad stuck by him. And when he did come back, dad didn't go, well, see, I told you. No, no, no. He just loved him and welcomed him and restored him, you know. And that was the miracle. Because dad stuck by the son. The son would say, you know, my dad takes a lot better care of his servants than most people I've ever seen. I, I'm dying out here. I'm going to go back and just ask my dad, can I work as a hired hand? And the dad said, hey, I have none of that. You, my son, you know, and he welcomed him back. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, it says, but encourage one another monthly as long as it is called, I'm sorry, how often? But encourage one another Daily. And, and stick to it. Daily. Encourage. 
not just on Father's Day or Mother's Day or Christmas or Easter. It says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that no, none of you may be hardened by the sins, by sins, deceitfulness. Dads, that's something that you can do. And it means so much when you encourage your kids. And I don't care if your kids are 60 years old. Don't matter. You know, encouragement that comes from dad is amazing. It really is. So I want to honor you dads today, and, and we all really do, those dads who, who do what it takes, you know, for your children. And I want to honor those dads who today makes that decision that from this day forward, I'm going to do what it takes for my children. I'm going to do whatever it takes. That's what I'm going to do. Maybe I've not done it. Maybe I've dropped the ball. But from this day forward, I'm going to do what it takes for my children. And for those that God brings across my path, maybe they're not my own children, flesh and blood, but I'm going to do whatever it takes for them. I'm going to stick by them, and I'm going to help them get stuck to God, you know, in the midst of all that. You know, uh, yeah, we are to provide dads. Yeah, house, roof, you know, clothes, food, and all those kinds of things. Dads, you often are the rudder, if you would, for your children, helping determine the direction that they go. But dads are not only to uh, give correction, you know, and instruction. But you know something else dads are to, to be? They're to be fun. Now, when your kids look at you and think of you, do they think, oh, what fun we had, you know? Or do they remember you as just a stick in the mud, you know, uh, and all. But we're to be fun. I mean, God is our father, and he gives us sunrises like we've seen and summer times, and butterflies, and kangaroos, and elephants, and porcupines, and all. God is fun. He really is, if you get to know him. And dads, we are to be fun. And if, if you need a refresher course on how to be fun around kids, sign up for Vacation Bible Adventure. You know, you'll, you'll get a shot in the arm on how to be fun uh, with kids. Last verse we're going to look at here this morning, and it says in Matthew 5, 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth. Dads, make your children thirsty for God. You know, you're the salt. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives, giveth light unto all that are in the house. And then he says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And I'm going to say, Dads, let your light so shine before your children that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven, you know. Let our children see our, our good works and, and glorify Almighty God, the Father, who is in heaven. You know, in Finland, uh, they refer to duct tape as Jesus tape. For real. You know, hey, can I borrow your roll of Jesus tape? She's like, what? You know? I mean, it sounds very religious or something, you know, but they call it Jesus tape. And I can only assume, you know, that's because it is the Savior of all things that are broken. It saves them. They call it Jesus tape, you know. I mean, that's pretty amazing because everybody knows about duct tape. And it does fix all things that are broken. And I want you to understand that Jesus comes to heal the broken hearts the broken lives, the broken marriages and the broken families, 
the broken people, Jesus came to heal that which is broken. He really has. So what I'd like us to do this morning, I'd like us just to pray. You know, uh, I want to pray for you, but I want us to pray and just reaffirm God's love for us. Acknowledge him as our God, you know, and welcome him back into our life. I'd like those of you who know him to reaffirm your faith, but if you're here today and you've never welcomed Jesus in your life as your Savior, man, he fixes things that nobody else can fix, things that are broken on the inside of us. So would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, I, I thank you for these men as well as the women, all the children that you have created on this planet. And Lord, I know that's why you sent Jesus is to fix us, to heal our brokenness and to restore us to usefulness again. And we know that you do that by sending your son, Jesus. And Lord, we're open, we're willing just to do things your way. We don't want to be stuck on ourselves or stuck on anything else except stuck on you and stuck on your word. As our heads are bowed, I would ask you to reaffirm your faith in our wonderful God together as we pray. Would you join me as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe you have a good purpose for my life. That's why you sent Jesus. And I believe that Jesus died in my place, paid for my sins, and rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus is knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus into my life as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King. In Jesus' name. Now, we're going to do a drawing in just a moment. How many of you, you did get a ticket when you came in the door? You, guys, all you guys. Okay, put your hands back down. Did any guy not get a ticket when you came in? Because we're going to do a drawing. And uh, can I get one of our ushers to go grab my, what we call our man basket there? Is this, is this the, did anybody not get a ticket yet? I'm looking up there, looking down. Did you give away a ticket up there? All right, so I'm going to wait until he brings me your, your other part down here. Why, right, John, you grab me the, the man basket thing there. You know, we give the moms roses. Well, we do man baskets for the guys, you know. The man basket. It's pretty beefy. Tell me some of the things that's in there, John. Duct tape. Oh, I see that. Duct tape. Chili. Golf balls. golf balls, baseballs, batteries. flashlights, batteries, extension cords, jerky, Reese's cups, uh, all kinds of tools and stuff down below there, carabiners, just all kinds of, what is that? All you know what? I'm not really sure this is safe to give away. I think I could use this at home myself, <laughs> you know, all these uh, cleaning things for your grills and whatever. Hey, did, did you bring it? Are they in here? They're here. Okay. All right. It has come to the time to put on my glasses. <laughs> hey, guys. 
seven, nine, four, eight, oh, two. Well, let me make sure somebody dropped this one in there. Is anybody up there? I'm going to read one more time. Or downstairs. If you're downstairs, you better run up here real quick. I'll tell the number once again. 794802. Was that you? All right. Is that you? Is that you, Rocky? No? All right, you're the winner. Awesome, fantastic. Hey, happy Father's Day. Awesome. Hey, this is your, you know what? You can help them carry down there. I think there may even be some bars of gold in the bottom or something there, maybe. Now, I know you guys are really all disappointed, but you know what? Because we didn't want you to leave disappointed, at the door, the ushers will be there. And all the men get a roll of duct tape on your way out, okay? Is that cool or what? All right. Listen, if you prayed with me a few moments ago and you welcomed Christ as your Lord and Savior, please stop by at our connections desk, pick up a little gift bag we put together for you. It's got a Bible, a movie, and some other little goodies that will inspire you. It's free. And if you're a guest today, we have another free gift at the back of the connections desk. Please stop by there and pick that up on your way out. If you need some prayer, there are people who will be around the altar here to pray with you if you have a need. And I'm telling you, God does still answer prayer. He genuinely does. And if you are interested in sponsoring a child in Cora, you know, these two are available, but there's tons more. If you talk to the folks at the Connections desk, if you'd like to support one or you want to let them know, hey, I'll go half with somebody else, you know, make a difference for these children. We're, we're, you know, we're making a difference in their life. We really are. And uh, if you're not in a life group, Mike, is Mike came back there? Mike, is it over our life groups? If you're willing to get in a life group or maybe start a life group or something, talk to Mike. Maybe you say, I'm not ready until at the end of the summer. Don't matter. Talk to Mike. Life groups is really where it's at. That's where the church started, the church that met in thy home, the Bible talked about. So if you really want to get on, in, involved on the cutting edge of what God's doing, get involved in a life group. And I think that's pretty much it. Happy Father's Day. God bless you guys. Hello. Um, 